This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, September 25th, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. Thabo Mbeki, long without the support of his own political party, is no longer the president of South Africa. What does that mean for stability in the region and Mbeki's role as a mediator on behalf of power sharing in Zimbabwe? Marion Tupi, policy analyst at the Cato Institute's Center for Global Liberty and Prosperity, comments. At a meeting last week, the National Executive Council of the African National Congress asked President Becky to resign. Um, Becky was, by this stage, the president of the Republic of South Africa, but not the president of the ANC. Uh, He was the president of ANC until last year, but he lost that position to the current uh, leader of the ANC, who is Jacob Zuma. So in a sense, this, uh, this, this... meeting uh, of the ANC last year, this summit, um, created two centers of power in South Africa. On the one hand, there was the leadership of the ANC around Jacob Zuma and his acolytes. And on the other hand, there was the uh, leadership of the country around um, Tabom Becky. And of course, um, this couldn't work out for a very long time, and it all came to a crushing end last week when uh, the ANC asked Becky to step down, and Becky couldn't say no because he didn't have the support in Parliament, which is completely dominated by the ANC. What does this do to um, Becky's role as sort of a tradesman when it comes to mediating uh, these issues with uh, Zimbabwe? Well, he remains what is called a Southern African Development Community Mediator or Facilitator for Zimbabwe, which is to say that uh, a lot of African countries got together and said, uh, Tabon Becky, you are going to be our point man on Zimbabwe. And he still remains Africa's mediator on Zimbabwe, but really he has uh, no power anymore. And uh, this has some very interesting implications. Uh, We know that the current leader of the ANC, Jacob Zuma, is beholden uh, to COSATO, which is the South African trade unions movement. And uh, the trade unions in South Africa are big opponents of Mugabe. So I assume that COSATO is going to be pressing Zuma to take a harder line on uh, Mugabe. So once again, we are going to be in a position where um, Becky tries to facilitate some kind of uh, an agreement or a compromise between Mugabe and uh, Mugabe's opposition, uh, Morgan Swangarai, and uh, Zuma will be saying something completely different. I mean, it's going to be a bit of a bit of a mess, but I think that what we would like to see um, in terms of, of resolution is to see Mbeki deprived of his, uh, of, his, uh, of his mediating position on Zimbabwe and maybe giving it to somebody like Ian Kama of Botswana or Kikwete. What about the larger uh, issue of stability in the, the southern half of Africa? In terms of long-term stability in South Africa, everything will depend, of course, on what kind of a president will Zuma be. Zuma has been presented or has been sold to the South African population as the man of the left, the populist who will come in and resolve all the issues with regard to poverty and unemployment that Mbeki failed. Of course, Zuma understands perfectly well that this cannot be accomplished uh, very easily. He's been making rounds in the West, uh, talking to business communities in Europe, in the United States and elsewhere, telling people that his economic policies, certainly on the macroeconomic level, wouldn't be very different from those of his predecessor. Um, 
do we trust what he says when he is in the West as opposed to what he says uh, when he is in South Africa and, uh, you know, uh, following his more populist impulses? We don't really know, but I don't think that's any different from uh, Western countries. We just don't know what politicians do when they come to power. They often end up acting very differently from what anyone expected. Zuma will undoubtedly be under pressure to adopt more populist economic policies in South Africa. And that's for two reasons. Uh, one is that uh, there's a tremendous dissatisfaction amongst the black majority with the last decade and a half of the ANC rule. But the second uh, very important reason is that back, um, Zuma owes his position to the South African Communist Party and to the South African trade unions. And... Uh, these outfits are not the biggest friends friends of capitalism, sensible macroeconomic policies, and so on. Now, of course, what South Africa really needs is more capitalism, not less. Mbeki was always presented as a man who was friendly to business. And it is true that Mbeki's government followed uh, sensible macroeconomic policies. But the country is hardly... A, uh, an epitome of uh, ruthless capitalism. It is a country where microeconomic policies are, are very statist. It is a country where labor regulations, for example, are very onerous. It is these labor regulations and over-regulations which have contributed to a very high unemployment rate in South Africa, which is between 26 and 40%, depending on how you calculate it. So... Um, it is, it is extraordinary that, that there should be more desire and more demand for state action when it is precisely the state action in South Africa which has resulted in that country's current economic problems. What South Africa needs is more deregulation of, for example, the labor market, but many other areas of economic life. And what they are likely to get as a result of, Zimbab of, of uh, Zuma's presidency is more regulation, not less. So I think that um, it is going to be really interesting to see how Zuma behaves when he comes to power. And if he does adopt many of these left-wing policies, I think that South Africa is in for some, some rough times ahead. Marion Tupi is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute's Center for Global Liberty and Prosperity. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. Cato Weekly Video is a weekly highlight of events at the Cato Institute. You can subscribe at YouTube or get it in podcast form at cato.org.